Top management support and staff engagement are the keys for are the keys for organisational uptake and sustainability. And to date, Chris has led the implementation of over 140 initiatives at MARTA around key themes of energy, water, waste, procurement, facilities design, transport, and stakeholder engagement. I hand you over to Chris now, who's going to talk about engagement. Uh, thanks again, everybody. So certainly there are a number of things because I uh, am fortunate enough to be working in the position in a healthcare institution. So one would hope that having a resource in the hospital that you actually do get some things done. Um, I take my hats off completely to the people who are very uh, frustrated, I guess, in trying to push agendas and not getting the, the uh, benefit or the support. Um, and I still encourage that because there are so many ideas of things we could do and it is very hard to prioritise sometimes. And in a, in a business that runs 24-7, we do use a lot of energy, we do waste a lot of resources to provide our service, but we can minimise it. I don't believe we'll ever eliminate it all, but we can certainly minimise it and still deliver um, quality healthcare by reducing the consumption in a number of different ways. So um, at MARTA, just to let you give you a bit of a snapshot, we've done about 160 initiatives at the moment in, in various stages of completion. But you can see down the right hand side there that we do a lot of work in staff engagement. So we don't want to have an environmental program that says, oh, that's what Chris does. Because yes, that is what Chris does. But if you're relying on Chris to do it for 7,000 staff, you're setting it up wrong. So Chris is the guy who talks about it, facilitates for it, advocates for it. Um, and when my mates are involved, coerce as well, um, to try and get the momentum happening. But you've certainly got to build it in to um, business as usual, as opposed to thinking that it's that department who does that as well. Appreciate the fact that what's already been raised, everyone's busy being busy. So you can't just tell people not to do something. You've got to be able to provide an alternative to it. And if you can make the alternative easy to do, well, then that's the bonus. So people say, what's my job? Well, um, I'll link in a bit with what Trish was saying. Um, it's networking. That's what I do. I feel like I have the conversations between different levels of the organisation and I am very fortunate to have worked at MARTA for a very long time in multiple roles. I worked in finance for many years. Previous to this role I was director of admin for the complex so had a lot, a lot of staff reporting to me. And so I know who's who in the zoo and that certainly makes it easier to have the conversations and it's about putting these conversations you have over here together with things you hear over here. And a very simple example I'll just say now, um, I was walking with the florist one day who happened to be seeing that our gardeners cut down all this greenery once a month and, well, the, and throw it away and they say, you know, we buy that greenery in to put into our, into our flower um, arrangements. So now I got them together and once a month the florist goes around and instead of the gardener taking a massive big hack out of it, just a bit more time, takes it out, gives it to them and then they use it and we sell it. <laughs> so we were throwing it away and then buying it in. It's just silly little things like this, which is just looking at things. But it's a hard sell. Um, when my role was appointed, the executive and the board want results. Um, you know, you're not going to put a resource in place if you're not going to be able to um, justify it. So I have to have some measurable outcomes and I had an unofficial key performance indicator to save my salary every year. Um, I didn't do it in year one and I didn't do it in year two. 
but I've more than made up for it every year since. And I, do, I did suggest to the CEO that he may want to pay me now what I save, but um, I won't go how that conversation went. Um, but again, balancing with that, um, you've got to have the awareness and the engagement from the staff who are our biggest stakeholders. We really want them to get on board. So from a management point of view, this has grown. These, this, the things I've put up here are just some key points that have happened over the last few years that have sort of cemented um, and shown the top management support for why we have an environmental sustainability program. We call our program Sustainability at MARTA, and it's branded this way, as you can see. Um, but again, there was some legislation which said we had to do something. So straight away, that means we've got to have someone looking at it. But then there was sort of some thoughts about including it into our strategic plan. There was a sustainability committee that was put together. And at that time, it was a sustainability committee put together of interested people. There was one um, manager, but mostly interested people. Over many years, we've now morphed that to include three executive directors, plus the heads of all our major services. Um, so we actually have the decision makers as that committee now. Uh, my position came along in 2010. We put a policy in place. Um, I started some research collaborations so we could understand what it is we were trying to do and measure. And uh, it was only last year that I wrote our first quite robust environmental management plan because it took us a long time to be able to measure everything that we were doing as well uh, because no one had ever done it. We knew what everything cost us, but we didn't know how much we were consuming. So there were two different things. And as with anything, um, management are always very keen on what the business case return is. So if it's something that doesn't stack up, sometimes from a financial point of view, then it won't happen. And that's okay, that's, that's life. But there are so many things that have such a quick return. So don't focus on the ones that have a, a long time return, like solar energy. I would love to do that in, in isolation, but it's about an eight year payback for us. Not doable right yet, but it will be. Matt might touch on that with something he's gonna talk about shortly. So when we started, again, not really knowing what it was we were trying to do, I, I, I did some work with Griffith University and University of Queensland we did some focus groups talking to staff about what they thought we should be doing and also some one-on-one -on -one interviews with all of our exec members and half the board. So it was certainly asking them what they thought we should be doing because we didn't want to have a sustainability committee thinking this is what we should be doing when everyone else thought that's what we should be doing. So I was trying to get some alignment and the outcomes there were not surprisingly to improve organisational communication. It says of sustainability, but you could, in any of our big organisations, you could just say improve organisational communication of anything. Um, it's very hard to communicate in a big organisation. We want to ensure that what we say we're going to do, we actually do do it. Or if we say we're going to do it and we don't do it, make sure we say why we couldn't do it. And there are lots of reasons, unfortunately, sometimes why things can't happen. Um, and we want to ensure that our management team have uh, are seen to be visually supporting it. We don't want them just to talk the talk. We want them to walk the talk as well. And they need to be involved and show the organisation that this is something that we're keen to do. And we found an overwhelming want by staff to be involved. I have not yet met any staff member who's anti-environment. I've met a lot of people who are too busy to be involved right now, but no one's against it. So certainly it's not a hard sell in a lot of instances to get people on board. Unfortunately, what we find is the front end of getting people on board is normally easier than how we might support that back of house, and recycling is a perfect option of that. We can get people to put it in the right bin, but we still have to move those bins, we have to store those bins, and that causes other issues as well. So the first campaign we ran, this is just an example, was a turn it off campaign and the posters were designed with, the, with our CEO and three of our executive directors modelling the behaviours. So here we were straight away saying, 
Here's our top management visual support. These are the behaviours that we were targeting. So we measured this pre and post campaign and certainly showed quite a tremendous um, change, I guess, in individual ownership of different um, things that we were targeting. So we were targeting computers, air conditioners, lights and phone chargers. But there was still a gap in the things that um, the, the term we use is social loafing. In a big group like this, unless someone's really committed to make sure all these lights get turned off when we leave, everyone else sort of just thinks that someone else will do it. So it's in, it may be that this may not happen. So I'm happy to say that last month, um, the paper that we wrote, it took four years to write it, um, <laughs> finally got published. So there is a paper there on our experiences on the Turn It Off campaign and, and the successes of it. So um, a couple of years later, uh, and again, did a lot of things in between, but I'm just trying to give you a bit of a picture about different ways we might have um, had our engagement occur. We re-interviewed our executive and our board again. Um, so it was a three-year turnaround to see what they were thinking. So they were still very keen for us to continue emphasising the positive outcomes that we've been achieving, and certainly that's great, a good story. So we do that through multiple media communication channels wherever we can to really focus on staff engagement, waste and energy, and they are the initiatives where we've got most of the, um, the action happening. But the big one, and I think Trish uh, raised this as well, um, we started looking at how we can embed environmental sustainability into our normal business practices and decision making. Don't make it as an add-on or a bolt-on. It's got to be part of what we want to do. And again, you have wins along the way, you have frustrations along the way, and you have failures along the way. But you keep on asking and asking and asking and be a rebel, as, um, as Trish used. Um, so we're actually following up uh, in August, September this year. Um, we're going to do another uh, interview process. So it'll be a longitudinal study of how our top management support has morphed and learnt as well along the way on how we're trying to go along this journey. So this is the engagement we're trying to get from our senior exec. So over the years, we've run multiple awareness campaigns. Um, uh, Trish also mentioned the Keep Cups. That was another early one we did. Um, we've sold 4,000 Keep Cups. It blew me away. I bought 500, thought that'd be great, but um, we've only got 6,500 staff, I think, now, and there's 4,000 Keep Cups out there. Um, they're just simple things that don't really cost a lot of money, and there's a lot of things that are already out there, like Mobile Muster or Ride to Work Days, that you can get a lot of support from. You don't have to develop anything. They can send you a lot of resources. But certainly, the program that we've been working on has been based on the Education for Sustainability model of raising awareness, providing education and communication to get participation. So you need to let people know we've got the program, this is what you can do. So last year, if some of you were here at the seminar, I talked a little bit about our environmental sustainability pledge. And this was a list of 17 behaviours that we uh, focused on getting our staff to pledge to. They're around energy, water, uh, transport and waste, and there were 17 behaviours. And we were targeting at that time 33% uh, of our staff, so about 2,500 staff, which we, we actually achieved. Um, I'm still running that now back of house, and we're over 3,100 staff now. And you can see by staff category where most of the people are coming from, and no surprise, nursing midwifery would be the highest. Sorry, I left off the word midwifery. My apologies to the midwives. Um, but certainly... Um, Every category of staff is represented. Some are harder to get into and some are easier to get into. And if you're looking down by the behaviours, we're over 35,000 behaviours. Now, I'm not going around to check that, you know, Mary said she was going to do these seven behaviours. I'm not checking that she does. But it's a reminder to her that these are things in the workplace now that are pretty easy to do. And so if 
half the people are doing what they said they were going to be doing. We're already moving quite a bit. So uh, last year we also, uh, there's, there's another study, I worked with a PhD candidate to look at why people took the pledge. And this was, again, again linking in with what Trish was talking about today, about people already wanting to be accountable, responsible, because it aligned with their own personal beliefs. Well, that's fantastic. If you can get a campaign or something that happens, which is something I believe in, well, of course I'm going to participate in it, no problem at all. But you do need the enablers. And again, I'll keep saying, top management support, very, very important. And again, you need to make people aware of it through a variety of communication methods, um, awareness raising sessions, Q&As, um, uh, articles that you might write. And again, barriers, we all have them. Everyone is busy being busy. We will always be busy being busy. And in five years' time, this is going to be the good old days. Just remember that, OK? <laughs> because I can remember the good old days at MARTA quite a long time ago. <laughs> but anyway, um, just remember that we're all, nothing's going to change there. No one's ever going to be saying, geez, I wish I had something to do. So you have to make it easy for people to be able to be involved. Again, as I said, don't say, don't do this. You can say, if you don't do that, consider doing this and have that set up for them if you can have that happening already. Um, but again, the physical environment, and again, I'm sure there are a lot of hospitals that can relate to this. The MARTA in Brisbane's over 100 years old. So we've got clinical buildings that were built in the early 80s and we've got a new hospital built um, last year. So the one in the 80s obviously doesn't have as much space allocated for a lot of things. It's got a very small waste room and so getting recycling in place there is very difficult because we just can't store bins. So there's physical barriers that you have to work out. Not surprisingly, whenever I do any kind of survey, any kind of interaction, the number one thing raised is waste. Absolutely. Everyone wants to be involved in it. And we have rolled out um, pretty good um, commingled recycling through all of our non-clinical areas, but we still had the barriers at the moment which we're trying to solve. And we've actually hit a critical point at MARTA from a physical barrier. We've actually can't store any more bins on site in our storage area right now. So we're trying to work with our Capital Works team to find some more space where we can store bins only for the couple of hours they need to be there before our waste provider comes to pick them up. So there's all these things that you find out. The people at the front end, bust into recycle. Yep, but we just can't store the bins anywhere just yet, but we'll work to it. So one way that we also communicate to let people know is these are digital screens. There's six um, screens there based on some of the outcomes that we had achieved um, that we reported in our annual plan. So I don't know if your hospitals have them, but a lot of the common lift areas now, while you're waiting for a lift, we have screens advertising anything about MARTA and I was able to get some environmental sustainability screens up there. So certainly, you know, I'm waiting here doing nothing for two minutes or one minute waiting for the lift and I can look up and have a look and see what's happening. Um, another one that we've done, which has been um, quite a big one, was just a simple one, but it was a transport access guide. So parking is crucial uh, in our organisation. I'm pretty sure it probably is in yours as well. And we're going through quite uh, a big uh, dilemma up there at the moment um, with how much parking we have available left for our patients and visitors when they want to come in. So we've provided um, a very uh, easy guide, front page there, the, on the back page has got all the details about all the different ways that you can get to MARTA. Wasn't a lot of effort to do this, but it certainly just showed people how easy. And it wasn't designed to say, don't drive to work. It was designed to say, why not consider not driving to work every day? And that's what one of the pledges was. It was, how many days would you not drive to work? 
And so we've said, okay, well, here's all the alternatives. And again, some digital screens there to show you that it's um, very easy and we are very well placed from a public transport place uh, infrastructure. But again, there's lots of barriers and reasons why. Um, we get discounted parking as staff. And the cost of parking every day is about the same cost as taking a public transport. And when I drive, I get in the car when I want, I get to Marta when I want and I leave when I want. But when I take public transport, I've got to wait five minutes for the bus and then I've got to wait ten minutes for the bus and I lose a bit more time. So it's sometimes a little bit hard to get that push happening, which is why we're saying don't do it every day, just try it occasionally, see how you go. So again, there are a number of ways that you can get across different engagement initiatives. Um, as I mentioned, a lot of communication to um, everyone. And despite the fact that I think I do a lot of communication, um, I'll still turn up occasionally to a work team and they'll say, do we do that here? And you think, geez, I've been talking about it for years. <laughs> How come you don't know this? It's just very important. Um, so you never know. It's, it's very hard to get into people um, and talk to them. And despite your best efforts, you can't. So with the um, uh, research collaborations, we've been trying to measure the impact on behaviour change, on how we've actually made a change to what we had before and, and where we get it. But it's very hard to measure engagement. Um, so a number of campaigns, education, certainly have linked in with HR a bit now to try and get some behaviours around expectations of our new staff. So corporate orientation, I get a gig now to talk about um, different aspects of what we're doing. And our, our code of conduct now talks about responsible stewardship of resources. So we link it in and we're getting a start there. But there's also things that people can see. I mean, you walk in straight away, you can see we've got the bike parking, you can see we've got um, some recycled seating, we've got water tanks, you can see the lights. So they're great triggers for staff to know that we're doing things as well. So the big question, you know, you spend a lot of time on this, so you really hope you're making a difference somewhere. Um, we do uh, annual staff surveys. Again, you may also do that. Um, in 2011, I was able to get these questions included onto our all of staff survey. And at the time, the responses were about 50% for most of them, um, which I thought was a pretty fair representation because most of my efforts had been directed to non-clinical areas only because it's easier to get to the non-clinical areas than it is to, to all the clinical areas. Since then, I've done a lot more. But again, that was a great baseline. Well, last year, we included the same questions again. Happy to say there's some nice increases or statistically equal for the second question. But the one that made me the most happy was the about a 13% increase in people being aware that we have the program. So that was a step one. Get the awareness, communication, education, participation. So we're pushing it. And again, we got some pretty good response rates there from, from all of our staff. So it certainly gave us a lot of information. So following on from that, just to show you, I get some detailed responses by work teams of right through the organisation. And as of yesterday, I had done 100, with my uh, colleague, we'd done 111 15-minute in-services tailored to each area. Now that is very timely, uh, very time consuming to do it and it's very hard to structure into everyone's busy schedules and sometimes I come to work at 6 o'clock in the morning, which I don't normally do, and sometimes I come to work at 10 o'clock at night, which I don't normally do, just so I can talk to the teams about it. And again, as much as it's been quite an effort, the face-to-face -face communication, we've captured over 2,000 people face-to-face -face, um, by doing that. Um, so it's certainly, again, growing momentum. Other things that we asked on the survey, uh, again, about things that people could, 
could, uh, what could MARTA do to be more environmentally friendly? No surprise, in every single work team, in every single division, waste and recycling came up. Uh, paper use comes up a lot. Um, segregation of waste comes up. Uh, energy was about turning off lights and we push that agenda all the time. The easiest way, and it costs you nothing to do, is to encourage staff to turn things off that they're not using. And again, if you have children or if you were a child, you were yelled at or you yell at the children to turn things off at home because you pay the bill. Well, it's the same thing here. Um, certainly in solo, I mentioned before, but people are very keen to get the engagement and the updates. They're very keen to hear what's happening. So we, we do that in a variety of ways. Other things that come up um, from time to time, and I guess whenever you talk about environmental sustainability, they, everything comes up, like electronic health record, certainly a big project that MARD is looking at at the moment. We'll have some, some payoffs as well. Parking comes up, um, but there's also the health links. Thank you. Of what's going <laughs> That's good. That's okay. So we've talked about waste and what would it be without having a picture of waste and this is a waste audit from two weeks ago from one of our areas and that's some of the uh, non-clinical waste that we found in some of our waste streams. So education again is going to be very important and um, I'm having the same conversations that Trish has just um, had with her um, her colleagues about tipping the waste out. Um, Marta Education have got um, a right into the simulation training now. And so I'm talking with a nurse educator and we're actually going to do the same thing. We're actually going to get clean clinical waste, but it'll be clinical waste, so we can actually do the, the, the physical sort because it's a hard thing and it's an easy way to save money. Um, so we mentioned before, I used to be part of the Global Green and Healthy Hospital Network. I'm certainly happy to keep talking about that until the new position is... Um, is uh, appointed and please this does help you there's heaps of resources there so if you get a chance you want to talk to me um, my contact details are there and they'll be on the slides that go out so the takeaways for me are top management support and again I appreciate the efforts that you're having and the, the frustrations you're having you don't have it and I just feel so sorry for you because you would be banging your head against the wall right now um, and again if you want a successful program you've got to have the top-down approach supporting what everyone at the bottom is doing um, Trish used the word rebel. I call myself the positive agitator because I ask and I ask and I ask and I ask. And you'll either do it because I ask and you think it's a good idea, or you'll do it because I've asked you five times and just to shut me up you do it, or you'll do it because being at the MARTA for a long time, most of my mates are the directors of the other services. So I know where their wives work and where their children go to school. So <laughs> coercion's possible as well. That's not being recorded, is it? <laughs> um, multiple contributions definitely do make a difference. Um, when you can embed what we do into business as usual, it does what we want. We do patient care. We do great patient care and health care. That's what we want. So if we don't have to spend as much on something, we can put it where we want it. And what we do is also very transferable. It's not unique to health. You can do it in any healthcare sec um, in any, in any kind of organisation. So I think I've just got a couple of minutes left. Is that right? Until 11? Uh, okay, just, well, I'll take the questions. I just wanted to show you, this is a, an effective campaign that I put together, I'll start it now, of people who were involved in some of our initiatives. And it was designed to staff and it was done very crudely with me taking photos of people on my iPhone. And certainly I use it in a number of presentations internally. And it's great because it lets me see someone I know. 
and someone I know is doing something in the organisation. So this is pictures of people at all levels of our organisation participating in some of the initiatives that we've done. So we've got our exec in here as well, um, as well as staff. And it's really good visually to see this because people can connect with it and the social norming that Trish mentioned as well, this is certainly very much reinforcing that. So currently I'm working with our marketing team and I'm doing a far more professional version of this, but I just wanted to show you because I found it um, quite an quite a effective way of communicating to staff. Right, look, we do have to move on, I'm sorry. Thank you so much, Chris. I really appreciate it. <laughs>